0: show brought to you by the who you know network remember don't doubt, drown in the sea of transition grab the vet sos life preserver uh, i hope you are ready for some serious knowledge bombs being dropped today we got some great guests bringing us some great information i'm here as always with my partner co-host mark elder mark how you doing today
1: doing terrific i am outstanding and ready for a great uh, few segments of guests here we're ready to spread some knowledge and share the uh, resources that we have out here with the veteran service organizations and all of the uh, the great interviews that we have coming up here. Um, we've got some fire going on, so get ready for some bombs to be dropped, like Sean said. Um, drop those mics and strap in. We've got a, a great show, great couple of shows here for you. Absolutely. We're going to be
0: Kicking it off with Joe Gianti. then we got Brian Arrington coming on. After that, Jane Babcock's going to come back and visit us, and then uh, Marina Rabinek is going to close out the day. It's going to be some great information. Um, as always, we're using Restream, so if you want to pair your channels with us and broadcast this live over your channels, uh, hit us up in the chat with pairing hashtag pairing, and we'll know how to do it. Got, a, got another there too, right there. All right. Um,
2: sorry about
1: that <laughs> yeah let's uh let's give some shout outs i see we've already got some some people in the uh in the comments in the chat. good morning chandra thomas great to see you uh good morning mark silverstein great to see you as well thanks for joining in uh super excited for today so glad to have you join us uh, also be sure to rep uh, rep your city where you're uh tuning in from and also if you are searching Make sure that you uh, rep what you're searching for. Let us know what you are searching for, what you're uh, trying to transition into as far as industry or career field, uh, what your expertise is. And if you are a resource, uh, recruiter, talent acquisition professional, hiring manager, make sure that you uh, type in the chat and let us know what you are searching for. Uh, This network is huge and we'd love to connect you and be a sourcing um, partner with you. Outstanding. So let's
0: jump right into it here. We'll, we got Joe Giante with us. Joe has always had a profound love and respect for all those who have chosen to put on the nation's uniform. He spent some time at the Virginia Military Institute meeting some incredible individuals whose friendship continues <laughs> today. But he himself is not a veteran. He goes out of his way to support veterans through his veteran support organization, Canine Heroes for Heroes. His personal goal is to do as much as possible to repay those who have chosen to defend our country. Canine Heroes for Heroes provides service dogs to veterans and first responders, change dogs and handlers by providing necessary equipment, initial veterinary costs, and associated follow-up training. We are 100% funded through charitable donations. Joe, how are you doing today? It sounds like you got a full house already.
2: Yeah, doing very well. You can hear Loki jumping into the podcast. Uh, He was just saying hi. (laughs) Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm absolutely i absolutely honored to be in this lineup of amazing individuals. And first and foremost, thank you guys for your service. You know, Sean, yeah, as exactly. mater- yeah, as you mentioned, Sean, I'm not a veteran. It's a little late in my stage of my life to, uh, to do that. So this is my way to pay back you guys that have done so much. And, and as you read in kind of my little kickoff bio, the profound love and respect I have for all our veterans and all our first responders is why I'm doing this.
1: Well, thank you for for your service uh, with what you do as well, because it's greatly needed. Um, There are, and we're going to get into that, but there are so many um, people that aren't plugged in, that aren't getting resources, that aren't getting support. Uh, They're trying to do it on their own. And so I love what you said, which is pay it forward, right? In essence, you're paying it forward. And that's what we're all about as well, paying it forward. (laughs)
2: One of these days, I'm going to remember which one of my LinkedIn contacts said this. But he said, "For those of us that didn't serve, serve those that did." And and I'm trying to live by that. It's a great motto. And if that individual is listening, please shoot me a PM so I can start giving you credit for that saying. But uh, my my partner Kennel also can't coin the phrase "Healing is healing." So the two different healings, the one healing in the heart, and the other the dog healing. So it's it's another. Kind of sticks with me and and really holds true because i know what low-key my dog does for me and depending on who you ask i don't have any problems if you ask my wife she'll probably say no he has quite a few but uh I, I know what he does for me and having him by my side is just phenomenal and i want that for everybody else that's that's
0: outstanding i i have to ask you i mean i'm a dog person love dogs that Love German Shepherd specifically. Uh, yeah. I have an 18-month-old that uh, literally is a toddler, is tearing up my entire house. Um, every every um, floorboard where it comes to a point, she is chewed. So oh when my. I get her to move up, I have to redo all of them. Um, but I wouldn't trade her for the world. Her personality, no. you know, what she brings into the house, the energy, it's amazing. Um, so I appreciate the, the, being a dog person. But what made you get into doing service dogs? So what, it really was my,
2: prof- I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step over you. Uh, it was just my pure, profound love for the military and first responder community. It's what can I do? You know, I, I still have my full-time day job. So, you know, I'm trying to build this up. But what can I do to repay them for everything they've done? That's really what it is. You know, you start with the dog, saw them what the benefit it had on me and what other people could see the dog was doing for me. And I wanted to to share that. work with a few veterans um, that were in the dog community, and it just kind of sparked my interest. Okay, you know, I'm not at their caliber of trainer. I, I, I consider myself a novice. I mentor under my partner, Kennel, who I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit, and some other individuals. And... Just looking at how how I can repay this community and what I can do for it. Again, it just all goes back to just the absolute love and respect for what you guys have done to put on the uniform. Because you guys know better than I do, the battle doesn't end when you when you take the uniform off. And and I want to be there. I, I've said if if I put a dog out there that helps one person, and that's all I'm able to do. Up until the day I die, then I did good. I I helped that one person who I have no doubt will go on to help many others.
1: So, do you come from um, a military family
2: background, or like, um, how did you, know, you get started? Been- why are you,
1: why why are you so passionate about helping veterans? Well, my dad
2: was in the Army. My father-in-law was in the National Guard. Um, neither of them were combat. They were kind of in between the wars, but I had quite a few uncles that were World War II veterans. And, you know, as a kid, you sit back and listen to their stories because they wouldn't talk to anybody but each other. So you hear some phenomenal stories. I actually had the telegram sent to my grandfather that my mother was born during World War II. He was still in the States, but it was, it was kind of neat. And then I'm a lifelong martial artist. My martial arts instructor was a, or he's retired now, but he was a police officer and a deputy sheriff. And then I went to the Virginia military Institute with the full intentions of going in the service, but life takes you in different directions. So I have all those guys that your classmates are called your brother rats. So I have all my brother rats who I just have profound respect for that chose to put the uniform on. So it's just throughout my life, I've been in that community with those individuals and it's just, I was brought up that way, to respect police, law enforcement, guys in the service. I thank every veteran. I see my kids do that now, which I love the fact. They see a veteran, they thank them for their service. They see a cop, they thank them. Love so it. So it's, it's kind of just been lifelong. Yeah,
1: I, Sean and I were talking about that the other day where, um, and I think maybe even in one of our interviews, I had talked about this, where I wasn't even, I wasn't even born here, right? I was born in Korea. Okay. I was adopted at five months old and, you know, kind of the same thing. I love, love this country. I love that. I'm able to serve. I did serve and, you know, I'm very patriotic. So, um, you know, maybe even, maybe even more so, I guess, uh, from that regard than a lot yeah. of Americans, right? Yeah. I believe
2: that you see that a lot with individuals like yourself who weren't born here. A matter of fact, if you go back to world war one, my great, great grandfather was in the American army, but still an Italian citizen, you know, and they come out and they get their, they get their citizenship. And it's, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of times those people may have more of a respect and love for the country than those of us who are born here. Probably most of us couldn't pass the citizenship test.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wife, I might I be know, included
2: in that. True. Yes,
1: yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: My wife's naturalized too. and And we talk about that all the time. She was naturalized at 12 and, you know, I don't know that I could pass it, but yeah. um, can you, can you tell us a little bit about the process? Like how, how does the process work for the training and also how does the process work if, if someone wanted to get a
2: dog? So what we're going through right now, just a little background on canine heroes for heroes. We started up, I filed all the paperwork at the beginning of, in January of 2021, finally got the IRS notify or official designation as a 501 C3 in September. And then the fundraising began. So I'm working with other nonprofits that are doing the same thing. They've given me advice on how to move forward with this. And that's one of the things i found out in this community. There are so many people willing to help. And just to back up a little bit as well, American Canine Dynamics, they're a local full training facility here. All our dogs will go through their program. They'll do a majority of the training. I'll help as well but they're a full service kennel from the pet obedience all the way up to police dogs which they do have a few on the street and travis lloyd who is the uh, owner and head trainer there he's one of my mentors so we work together so what it is is i've gotten a lot of calls from veterans who are asking the same question and we have a, a process they have some paperwork to fill out you know provide your dd 214 and things of that nature and then what we do is meet with them if they have a dog in which we had recently, we'll have them come out to the training facility, we'll evaluate the dog, because not all dogs are suitable for a service dog. So if they have a dog and it's suitable, then we'll start putting together a training program. The optimum is, is if we can provide you with that puppy, which we'll do. And take you step by step where alongside of us, you're also training your dog as well. Now, as far as what the dog is gonna do, a lot of that's dependent on what the veteran or first responder needs. You know, we've, we've got an individual right now who's gonna be one of our first recipients. She was a officer locally here. Got a pretty significant fight, her and her partner, and she received some traumatic brain injury. So she came out to the ranch, met myself, Travis, um, several of his other trainers, and just went over her story and what did she need. And some of the things she needed, which I'm sure you guys have heard before, when the veteran, the first responder goes out in public, they can be anxious. You know, It's not comfortable. Well, the dog can act as a blocking force. You can go behind the person. Then they know their six is good. Nobody's coming up behind them. Or they can put them in front, get some separation. Or if the veteran, the first responder is starting to, for lack of a better word, zone out, starting to focus on something, the dog can nudge them, put some pressure on them, to where they got to break their concentration and focus on the dog. So a lot of it can be dependent on what they need. Eventually, we hope to move into where maybe it's an amputee or somebody with uh, their traumatic brain injury has caused them to be immobile, where the dog can go pick up their medicine, go open the door, things of that nature. So a lot of it's gonna be dependent on what they need. And then the training will continue. All the puppies start out staying at the training facility, getting daily training sessions with the certified trainers at American Canine Dynamics. And then through that process, the veteran or first responder is going out several times a week so that we can start training them. Because sometimes the most difficult part of training a dog is training the handler. When we got <laughs> loaded, yeah, I looked at my wife and daughter. I said, the hardest part about training him is going to be training you two. Because it's that. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine that went over well. Like on will She wants to put it on me. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, it's that are consistency. You yeah
1: yeah and and i know that you know the lead time is sometimes depending on the need uh yeah. very long um who is coming to you guys right is it nationally internationally i, I have reasonably? actually
2: be, i've actually been getting calls nationally obviously we have to start out locally you know where, where we have people that can come to the training facility. But if it is somebody nationally, I will recommend them to some of the other organizations. Just a couple I'd love to give a shout out to. Mutt's with a Mission, Um, they're one of the large organizations. They reached out to me, hey, how can I help? Here's some forms, go ahead and change them to suit you. Forgotten Coast Canines, another one. Hey, how can I help? Saving Grace Canines, we're all in the same industry but the way I say it to people is this is an industry that cannot be oversaturated. The need for service dogs is only going to increase. It's not going to decrease. Yeah, we can be fighting for the same pools of money, but I think we all have the same mindset as the goal is to help the veteran or first responder. Not, you know, not canine heroes for heroes. Canine Heroes for Heroes is just a name that's going to push the dog to the right person, but we want those people taken care of. So I've gotten some internet or not international national calls and I've said, Hey, tell me who's in your area. If I don't know somebody, I'll see if I can get them and you can reach out to them as well. So it's, it's, I haven't found too many people in this industry that aren't willing to help you. Of course you've got a few here and there, but you just separate yourself from them and you go to the ones that are of like mindset. Yeah, that's, that.
0: That's a shame, though, that I haven't run into anybody yet in the military transition space that isn't willing to help in one way, shape, or form. So far, it's been completely yeah, it's amazing. Um, I did read, because um, I was doing some research on work, the military working dogs and, and how they get rehomed as well. Yeah. Um, I, I read somewhere that there's actually a shortage for the adoption purposes for military working dogs. Have you seen anything on that?
2: Well, one of the people I follow, and I just watched his PBS special today. You guys may or may not know Project Canine Heroes, Jason Johnson. He is one of the, probably one of the largest mm-hmm. uh, nonprofits. They take military working dogs, police mm-hmm. dogs. They try to rehome them. If they can't rehome them, they built a huge facility in Tennessee where they'll take them in. And the ones they do rehome, they'll help pay for veterinary costs. And, and that, that's another of the community. Jason's huge. I mean, they're, they're big enough they, they rang the bell at the opening day at NASDAQ. That's how big they are. Wow. On LinkedIn, he posted a comment, hey, how can I help you? Of course, I had my little fanboy moment, yay, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, you know, about how the community is willing to help each other. And we spoke just the other day just because he's so busy. It was hard to uh, connect. And, hey, how can I help? What, what suggestions I can give you? So you've got, for those, you've got Project Canine Hero. I know you've got, I think it's um, the Warrior Dog Foundation, Mike Ritland, who is a retired Navy SEAL. And then there's a couple out there. So there's or, those organizations are starting to come up as well. But you got to think about those dogs also. Those aren't the average dog. You've got to have somebody that knows what they're doing to be able to handle a dog like that. I, I'm sure you guys saw the movie that came out, Dog. I can't remember the actor's name. I know a lot. I know a lot in the um, training community, dog community, we're all worried everybody's going to go out and buy a Malinois. But that movie actually did a pretty good job of showing that this is not the average pet. And I, I describe those dogs to people that it's a dog on crack. I mean, it's, you know, it, the only times it stops moving is when it's sleeping and I don't even know if it stops then, <laughs> but <laughs> to get, uh, you know, to your point is just, they've got to be very selective on how they rehome those dogs because they've seen a lot. And I've heard stories from those communities where they've actually had to put some of them down because they were just, they were too far gone, which is sad. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's super sad. What about um, those transitioning, right? Um, They've got PTSD. They've got uh, maybe other disabilities. Um, They've got like me, I'm, I'm diabetic. Um, I know they have dogs that actually can tell with your blood sugar is too high or too low, but let's talk about like, People to, that are in transition, whether they're you know transitioning from active duty or maybe it's a veteran or, or family of um, a service member that's in a job hunt, right? Yeah. And they have a service dog. How are you seeing that work into somebody's search? Is it is it deterring employers from hiring somebody? Is it accepted?
2: I don't have a whole lot of experience on that, but what I can tell you is, and you guys know this as well, you can't deny a service dog entry unless the dog. Through is acting up, barking, biting, you know, has an accident, you really can't deny a service dog. So I was at the local Kubota store the other day and an individual had his dog in there. I think, I don't think it was a service dog, but he had it there. So I think it's becoming more and more accepted. As I'm out in the community with Loki, I love hearing parents say, Oh, you know, know, the little kid approaches, Oh, look, a doggy. You know, and the parents are like, Oh, yeah, it's a service dog, so you can't pet it. So it's starting to become in. From what I see, more and more accepted, more and more understood. And I hope that translates over into the job search. But I, I don't want to say anything to the veteran that may be transitioning, that may be wrong. You know, I just know, like, I went to a restaurant that we go to quite often the other day and must have been somebody new. And they asked if we were eating inside or out. And I said, Well, I planned on eating inside. And I said, Well, you know, the, the health department said we can't have dogs in here. I said, Well, the health department's wrong. I said, but I, ha- I have no problem. We'll go outside. I, You know, I like the place. I like the people. I said, I just want you to know if somebody were to fight you on this, you're going to lose. You know, you can't deny a service dog entry based on the ADA guidelines. And I would encourage um, anybody with a service dog to really understand the ADA regulations, to know where and where you cannot go. The cannot go, there aren't too many places you can't go with a service dog. But just don't, we all know people abuse it you know put a put a vest on my you know three pound doodle or whatever the heck and it's yipping and barking and running that's yeah that's not what it's not what it's intended for and that's my goal is to bring the awareness up as well you know i don't let people pet loki when we're out because he's working and they're starting to understand i'll say no you know he's working right now but thank you because the service dog needs to be keyed in on the handler not not everybody around them. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the key things we teach them is, is focusing. Like you were talking about the diabetic uh, service dogs, and you and I had before we went live. I, I love telling this story because it amazes me because I don't even know how to do it. I was listening to, I think it was the Anook podcast, and they had a uh, individual on that trained ser- diabetic service dogs. This dog woke up out of its own sleep, to wake the owner up that the owner was about to have something. That just blows my mind. The dog's asleep, the owner's asleep, and everybody's good to go now. So,
1: that's crazy. That, that's just insane, mind-blowing that you know they can yeah, be trained to do
2: that. What these dogs can do amazes me more and more every day, every time I learn. I look at Loki. If he's not doing something right, it's because I didn't teach him the right way to do it. It's not his fault. He can only do what I've shown him. But you guys know they're what you've seen the military working dogs what they can do is amazing you got search and rescue dogs cadaver dogs uh COVID dogs now you know just it's amazing what they can do and it's far better i look at it as the medication i hear that they put a lot of guys on with ptsd and tbi and i was talked to a veteran the other day who you know it's a cornucopia of pills that it it's horrible you know and i just i know a lot of them once they get a dog they're good to go, you know, not a hundred percent, but they're, they're, uh, you know, it changes their lives.
0: That that, that is absolutely amazing. Um, Like I can hardly get my dog to sit, nonetheless teach it to do anything else at this point. Um, but well, she
2: does, my brother, to talk more about that.
0: my brother taught her how to do high five and she's been the hit of the veterinary clinic ever since she was about a, a month old because she could jump up and give high fives. So that's her nice. big thing. And, you know, so we, we hang on to that one, but so I have a lot of friends, you know, transitioning service members that own dogs. Yes. If you had to write, like if someone required a service dog, would you recommend, or would there be recommendations, like if they have a bunch of dogs already, or are, are there things that they should be, certain types of dogs that maybe they should be trying to have or, yeah. or what have you, that, that'll
2: be more compatible, uh, bringing, if you brought a service dog into the house? There are some that are more compatible. You know, you don't always want a dog that's super high drive. Malin aren't always the best service dogs unless you know how to handle one. So what you're trying to do is also pair the dog with the individual is the individual, even though they need a service dog, uh, they still may be very active. So you don't want to get them a lazy dog. You want to get them an active dog. But if I, there was a, in the civilian side of things, there was somebody that came to me, they, their spouse needed a service dog. And I know the individual and I know his spouse. And I'm like, you don't want a shepherd. You don't want a Malinois. You need something calm. And that doesn't require a lot of attention, or not attention, but a lot of energy. So yeah, you, you definitely have to look at What's the end goal for the dog and what type of person is it? Can they handle high drive or do they need a lower drive dog? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's all dependent. You really can't say this is your best service dog. I mean, you see a lot of, um, uh, oh, my goodness, I just lost my complete train of thought, golden retrievers and things of that nature that, that make good service dogs. But, again, it's really dependent on what the end goal of the dog is.
0: Yeah, that's understandable. I definitely want to try to match the personality with the dog. I can see yeah. that. Otherwise, you get a little crazy. So we are getting towards the end. Yeah. Um, how, how can people help you? So how, well, it, it, how can people support what you guys are trying to do? And also, what's the best way that people can connect with you?
2: I'll tell you, where I get most of my traction is actually on LinkedIn. I My LinkedIn blows my Facebook and Instagram away as far as followers. I wouldn't be on this show if it wasn't for LinkedIn. Uh, there's a couple other things that, that I was able to be part of because of LinkedIn, but I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. If you look at my profile, there's an email address, there's a cell phone number. Um, of course, always donations are accept, or, uh, we We need donations. You know, I, I've got people wanting to offer dogs, but I need the money to train them as well. So if you can't afford to donate, share our story. You guys know you get that algorithm going to push you up, more and more people are gonna see it. If you know philanthropic individuals, corporations, companies that may be interested, we're gonna be the charity of a car show coming up here in our local area. But pass on my information. Yeah, pass on my information. As you guys have already figured out in this 30 minutes, I'm not a very shy individual. So I have I have no problem talking with anybody about our mission. And when they see what we're trying to do and they see our training facility at American Canine Dynamics, they're going to want to jump on board. It's, it's an amazing training facility with amazing, amazing trainers as well. So, yeah, if you can donate, great. Uh, look us up on Instagram, Facebook um, and uh, LinkedIn. The website's getting developed right now. I know I need that for some of the organizations I actually want to be part of. But give me a phone call. I'll take that call. I might not be able to answer it right away, but I will get back with you. What about people looking for, for
0: work? I mean, are, are you guys looking to bring in people, additional trainers, things like that?
2: Eventually. I'm not there yet. As the organization grows, most definitely we will. But right now, it's, you know, it's we're very small. American Canine Dynamics has um, three full-time trainers and an, and an administrator right now they're going to grow leaps and bounds as well when, when people see what they can do from pet obedience to these service dogs. And, again, they have police dogs out on the street already. So as we grow, absolutely we will. That would be an absolute dream is if I start hiring veterans as and first responders as trainers. But just remember, you guys out there, you can train your own service dog that's allowed by the ADA. You really can. Just Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. If you look at the ADA regulations, it does not have to be a professional organization. I would well, recommend if, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh absolutely. Well, and if you're passionate, right, about about that that industry, I guess we yeah. want to call it an industry. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: you know, there's always there's always volunteer opportunities. So if you're right. in Ohio and you wanna, you know, get in touch yeah. with Joe and, and do some volunteering, fantastic. But for you that are in transition you know, you may not have that volunteering on your, on your resume, right? Maybe you haven't right. done a lot of, um, you know, charitable work, volunteering, etc. And I actually just talked to somebody and they had said that that's one of the first things that they look for. They go to the, the page, bottom of page two on people's resumes and look at what they're doing, right. Yeah. As far as giving back and those people go to the top of the pile. So that's a yeah. great
2: way to get involved too. But, you know, veterans, first responders out there that are watching this, even if you just want an ear to chew, I'm here for you. You know, I may not be able to – I won't know what you've gone through because I haven't been there, but I can be an ear for you to chew on, and I, I, I can be a good listener for you. So, outside of dogs, I'm here for whatever this community needs.
0: Fantastic. outstanding. Definitely appreciate you coming on today, Joe, telling us your story, sharing, us, sharing with us in the audience the great things you guys are doing for – first responders and veterans just an amazing mission um something near and dear to my heart like i said i love german shepherds you and i are gonna have to talk because i can barely teach her to sit so uh, we definitely need to link up and then talk about there but everybody watching this please look to support um joe and and his organization here they're doing great things the canine heroes for heroes check them out on linkedin and uh Like I said, we we thank you for uh, coming on today, Joe, and look forward to talking to you again someday. Sounds good, guys.
2: Thank you for your service. God bless. All
0: right. Thank you. you, you. All right. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Remember, don't drown in the sea of transition. Grab the vet SOS Life Preserver. And we'll be back.